The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. Any references to actual people are wildly inaccurate. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Welcome back to the Roaring Peacock Youth Pod. My name is Ross, and thanks for joining us. And <laughs> it's actually Adonis. <laughs> uh, I was about to say, Ross, you've got hair. <laughs> <laughs> Ross will be back very soon. Uh, but uh, coming up in this youth pod, uh, we'll be looking back at uh, Reading 3. Uh, Reading Dill leads 3. Leads 3. Reading Dill. And we'll be profiling Max Dean, uh, the 16-year-old uh, who is making waves for the under-23s. And we'll be looking ahead to the Norwich game on Friday. So that's why we're doing it a little bit early. Um, welcome, dear listener. And I hope that you're about to enjoy this because I'm crapping myself. Why did I say crap? Okay. And your youth pod regulars are uh, Matty Ingham. Uh, you know him uh, from LUFC Academy Central. Correct. Don't be shy, Matty. You're on a podcast. <laughs> hello. Hello. Thank you for having me again. Jeez, you're one of us now. We're not having you. You're part of yeah, the manager. No longer a guest. Signed yeah, him up after it. last week, didn't we? I know. Yeah. Successful trial. And the other voice you can hear is Rob. At Juicy good, Rob. Good evening, everybody. Hello. Um, okay, so let's start off with Leeds 3, Reading nil. Yeah, it was a good performance. Obviously, the two Scottish lads uh, doing the business in front of goal. Uh, I thought it was probably McKinstry's best game of the season. Uh, Somerville continues to impress. Obviously, probably the standout, standout performer alongside uh, McKinstry. And yeah, another clean sheet, which... Uh, didn't get so many of in the first half of the season, but tightening up now. Uh, obviously, got one against Stoke the other week, um, and obviously added added another one against Reading, who I actually thought were a very very good side. And not not that the scoreline flattered Leeds. Uh, I mean, they worked they worked hard. They had a lot of pressure and, and deserved the three goals. But I mean, Reading could quite easily score two or three themselves. Uh, maybe got away with a couple of mistakes to give gave the ball away a lot uncharacteristically, I thought, at the back, uh, Kenna and Creswell, not that they played poorly, just uh, I thought they gave a couple of loose passes away sometimes, and Casilla had, had to have a, a decent game, uh, made a couple of good saves. Um, what? But, yeah. <laughs> but he did, he did, he did. Um, he was safe yeah, in possession, he went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he... Um, a good, a good performance and, and a good win against, like I say, a, a good side. What did you think, Rob? Yeah, same, mate. I, I, I get on this uh, microphone every week and, and I love it because it, it gives me so much joy to talk about to a man uh, just how good the under-23s are. I mean, he's not under-23, but Kiko was safe in possession. He was, uh, I mean, Reading didn't create all that much, but when needed, he was there. But I obviously want to talk about the, the younger lads uh, and I know we're going to wax lyrical about Mr. Dean. Uh, and, and in previous weeks, we spoke about the, the quality that we've got in the under-23s. I thought 
Drame was um, outstanding again. I think the only thing that let him down, which actually wasn't necessarily his fault, is where he's been using Costa on the right-hand side to kind of interlink and play well. So having that, he didn't look as much of a threat going forward this week, but his defensive work and his man marking and everything was amazing. Um, Leif Davis, nice to see him get some game time because he's been flirting, obviously, on the bench with the, the first 11. So um, I, know, I know he only played the first half, but I thought Leif Davis mm, looked yeah, very, very, fun. very good. And of course, of course, like you've said as well, um, the Mucks, McCarran McKinstry. Uh, wonderful, um, really good performance. Um, I think to, to link it and underpin it all together, like I, I always do each week with some statistics, um, you know, it was uh, 77% passing accuracy. Um, the discipline lacked a little bit. We created a few fouls um, and again, kind of laboured a little bit towards the end of the second half, but I thought 14, 14 shots, uh, five on target, um, another solid, solid win against a good red in under 23 side. So uh, th- I did watch this game, um, so I can talk a little bit about it. <laughs> um, but for anybody who's new to the under-23s uh, like me, um, it was interesting just to kind of learn some of the very basic things. Like they play the same system, for example, as the first team. So it's four-one-four-one, And um, just the lineup was uh, yeah, the, the mad cat. From, from Spain uh, in goal and and then Davis on the left um, Casey and Creswell in the middle they're the two centre-backs pair, that, that's the pairing that's line up almost every game and then Drame on the right and then uh, Kenna no one Kenna is mm-hmm. that correct um, mm-hmm. he plays the kind of Calvin Phillips role number four and then you've got Somerville Jenkins McKinstry McCarran and Gelhart up front yeah, it does. It does interchange. We sometimes have. You'll see when mm. when Greenwood's playing. Obviously, it drops McKinstry or Jenkins will drop, or if he's rotating some first eleven benches, Paveda, Costa, etc. But for all intents and purposes, the system is mirrored, and we do um, refer to that often from the 18s to the 23s to the first eleven. It is a philosophical thing within the club, from the youth all the way up. That that's the the style of BL football is the way we play, um, and you can interlink those pawns. I think we've spoken, we've we've name dropped pretty much all of the 18s and 23s mm. over the past six weeks into different positions where they've uh, slotted in. And I think Jackson's got it working well for his under 23s. Um, he's able to drop people in and pull people out, which is not always easy in football, as we know. Um, he can interchange those players. Uh, multi-positional players with great depth uh, and majority of them uh, will will play in more than one position, which we know Bielsa likes. And um, for me, I think it's, uh, again, just shows with uh, interlinking that those players interchanging as well. It doesn't phase them. It's not just the system. It's the actual um, man-to-man, you know, look at some of them again with his assists. You know, he swapped over to the left in previous weeks where we've had Costa on the right in 23s. So, they they must be getting um, enjoying their football by by getting this education around multi positional play, and I think that shows. Yeah, definitely. It just adds so so much when players can flit in and out of different positions, and even even within ninety minutes, McKinstry was roaming about almost everywhere, uh, popping up on the left, on the right. Uh, Geller obviously can drop in, and then at times, McCarran might have gone central, or McKinstry might have been the furthest man forward. Davis was obviously bombing, bombing on constantly. I thought Davis was phenomenal, to be honest. He's so, he's so quick, uh, getting on the outside of, um, 
with McCarran, who was in front of him this week. Uh, and yeah, they just they did bl- they blitz Reading in the first half for definitely at least like 20 minutes towards the end of the first half, and obviously got the goals within the last five minutes of the first half to go two and up, and it kind of put kind of just put the game put the game to bed right before half time. I'm sure Reading, although although they had, they had a couple of chances, a couple of breaks, and a couple of shots, but they would have probably been happy and lucky to go in at nil nil in the, at, uh, at half time, but those two goals just, just killed them off really, and then obviously got the third. It was a it was a comical error from the keeper. Um, actually, uh, something we might have become accustomed to with uh, the goalkeepers at the other end, but. Uh, yeah, he pounced upon it, punished um, punished Reading and made it 3-0 and that obviously never looked back really. He was in control, like like you touched on Rob, a little bit uh don't want to say complacent. I don't think no. I don't think they sat off it, but a couple of errors, let's say, in the last ten minutes or so and Reading had a couple of chances where Kiko proved he can be a decent keeper sometimes. Uh so so yeah, uh, obviously a good a good win overall. I've seen a, a couple of under 23s games this this season and it was like every game that i've seen of them they've been totally dominant and i felt with uh reading they were they were in the ascendancy they were the protagonist i think bielsa would say um for the majority of that second half and for spells early on in the in the first half in the in in that first half there was this mad minute where we scored two goals so quick. I mean, I just remember kind of like, I think I was thinking about going to get a tea. I was like, oh, yeah, we scored. You know, I'm, you know, maybe I should go get a tea or not. Or what do I have to do? And then and then I looked up and then, so we scored, scored again. again. Oh, we've scored again. <laughs> but I think that's that was my reaction. Yeah, that's a feature, though, that we've, we've spoke about on this pod. That is a feature of the under-23s. They get going straight away. There's no complacency after scoring. It is the... Uh, uh, quick fire that they, they want to press forward almost almost like again we, we, with Cookie mentioned it last week and I know me and Ross have discussed it on the on one of the first pods we did and it was around there seems to be this since the, the clean sheets and since the Christmas period have started rolling and the wins are coming in thick and fast with big margins we tend to put teams to bed in the first half and then in the second half we don't sit off but we see the games out uh, and it's nice to, although sometimes a bit nail biting, it is nice to to know that by half time Jackson can make these changes, swap the players around positionally, bring some of the under 18s in where we've got some of the 23 stepping up to the first 11 bench, and we tend to not lose it. Okay, against Borough the week before we 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 conceded two goals, but this week second half clean sheet. That's all that matters at the end of the day. But Tim, yeah, kind of what I, what I was getting at um, was that. Like it seemed like we kind of pounced on their mistakes at the back in this game rather than dominated possession and make created loads of chances. Um, and I think that's a good sign as well. It's just like being very, very clinical and punishing teams for their mistakes. Yeah, it's, pa- it's patience as well, not just forced in it. Um, and I mean, they've just got, they've just got it spot on, really. That's all you can say. They. They didn't all. They didn't force it. Like they didn't. It wasn't like we we got to five minutes before half time and thought, oh, like we need it. We need a goal before half time because obviously that wasn't wasn't the case. You got the full second half, but you can sometimes see some teams panic at like the end of a half. 
if you've been dominating or been on top. But like I say, Reading had spells in the game, but I think overall Leeds were definitely on top. And it wouldn't be uncommon, especially with a, a young team, to go, oh, like, we need to score, like, we need to score before our time. But they were relaxed, they just pounced on the mistakes. And then I think after they got the first one, they obviously like kind of smelt blood and the press the press was fantastic for the second goal. It was Davis like just read the play, uh, pushed into like, almost a midfield role to nick the ball. And then McKinstry uh, got a bit of a lucky bounce off Gallart, but it was a great finish. Yeah, so was. yeah, I mean, just like smelling blood, just being patient, just completely reading the game and managing the game perfectly. And then, like I said before, just straight after half time, killing the game off. And then that was kind of it. Reading, Reading were never really getting back into it from 3-0 down. And a, and a goal drama. of the season contender yeah. for the third. I mean, the drama is Somerville connection on the That right. was a joke, Rob. I know. <laughs> so that's why I said yes. Could you not see the sarcasm? <laughs> I thought Gellhart was unlucky not to get the penalty. Um, but I think that on the right-hand side, the Somerville drama connection just, for me, it worked so well. Like, I know he tried him on the other wing um, and he could play well there when Costa's in or Paveda before his injury. Um, but I think Somerville on the right works better. We spoke mm. about his ambidextrous foot ability and his ability to switch, uh, switch play with either foot. But I think Drame Somerville is a is a good combination. We get the yeah. benefit of the pace, the benefit of Drame's defensive work. Not only is moving down the wing a la Ailing, um, but Somerville's um, quality is really shining through lately, uh, as we spoke about. And I think that right hand side pairing will put any of these under twenty threes in Division Two. So three nil, ten points clear. The Whites go marching on, and this uh, youth pod goes marching on to the player profile. Um, a player who came off the bench and replaced uh, Gelhart, who you just talked about. So, full of segues. I'm just trying to cram in as many segues as possible. So, uh, Matty, I believe you are informing us this week of a certain Max Dean. I am, yeah, in, uh, in Cookie's absence, but uh, he did pass on some notes to me that I've just added to. So, Kind of his basic stats, like his basic profile. Uh, he's 16, uh, he turns 17 in just four days' time. Uh, signed him from Everton on a two-year scholarship where he was their top scorer in his age group in 2018-19. His stats for Leeds this, this season are actually really impressive. So in the under-17s cup, uh, he got five goals in three games. In the under-17s uh, Premier League where... They've had they found I think they found the step up to category one and the new teams that they're facing because uh, there's only one division. Uh, it's not like uh, the PL two for the 23s. There's obviously two divisions. Um, there's just one division, and so they're playing the likes of Liverpool, um, all the top all the top teams, and find they found the step up a little bit tough I think, but he's still got one goal and one assist in seven games. Um, and then in the under-23s is where he's really, he's really shone. And obviously that, that form is what has got us talking about him today. He's played five games in the PL2. Uh, he's got three goals and one assist. And then for the under-21 team that was in the EFL Trophy, he got two goals against Barrow. Uh, he's a versatile forward. He can play across all across the front three. So whether that be from the two wide positions or as the main striker, which is where I believe he was playing when he came on for Gellart. Um He's a hard-working forward, uh, obviously, which 
she's demanded at Leeds and, and the press that we that we the get that so that hard work uh, will be appreciated. Uh, he's pretty strong for his age and like I say he just chases everything down and then kind of his technical ability on the ball. He seems to have a great goal scoring instinct. Uh, he gets into good areas even when he's playing out wide. You look at the goal he scored against Middlesbrough. The ball's on the left hand side. He's coming in off the right flank, gets himself into the middle of the box and he has a, has a simple finish. Uh, from the middle of the goal, and then he's got good composure and technique as well. He scores different types of goals. Uh, you can you can smash it in. Uh, you can smash it with both feet. You can place it, and like I say, just that ability to get into goal scoring positions is uh, is pretty impressive for someone so so young to be able to read the game like that. Uh, I actually didn't know he was 16 until I started doing this research. I thought he must have been at least at least 17. I know he's nearly 17, but. He just looks quite strong. He looks strong for his age. He's built quite well. He's, he's quick and he just seems to understand the game really well. So obviously, yeah, he's been he's been really really impressive. And this is not so much a, a technical quality, but I've just noticed and I love how he celebrates every single goal. Uh, he sprints off to the corner and does like a big knee slide. And I just love that. He looks passionate. He looks hungry, uh, and he looks to be relishing every chance he gets in the 23s at the minute. Um, obviously. Primarily played in the 18s, but he's been getting chances in the 23s. And when he has done, obviously, with, with the stats, uh, just five games and three goals, uh, is, is pretty impressive. So, yeah, the, the, that's kind of the reason we're talking about it today, because he just obviously took that step up so well, hasn't he, Rob? Yeah, he has. We need, we need to keep him, we need to keep hold of him, we need to develop him. And that production line of centre-forwards and nines and tens is looking very strong. We, we've um, obviously Gellhart, Greenwood and then Dean. I think, um, yeah, it's impressive that he's performing, it appears on paper to be performing much better in the 23s than the 18s. Uh, we know why, you've, you've covered it there, Matty. I think you're spot on there. The 18s have found the step up a bit difficult and, and rightly so because the 23s are performing so well, the 23s are getting the plaudits. But make no mistake about it, this young man is a, is a very talented forward and a very talented footballer. Um, and I feel old being able to say young man uh, when I'm only in my mid-30s. That is concerning. And I am not jealous in any way of how good a 16-year-old can run rings around me on a football pitch. But uh, he's, uh, he's one to watch and very good. I hope we wrap him in cotton wool a bit, give him the exposure he needs. Don't force it too quickly. Keep him in the, the youth setup. Give him that uh, academy experience, and no doubt we'll be waxing lyrical about him for many years to come. Um, just seems like a like most of the young players we've got at the minute, a sensible chap with a good head yeah, on his yeah. shoulders, um, grounded. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you've just said that about wrapping him in cotton wool, and we've mentioned this. We mentioned this last week about getting the balance between exposing them to you know the the fans and the expectation, but not not sort of heaping it upon him. And we're not talking about Dean today as someone who's like we were about Huggins or like we did yep. about, Gell, like you did about Gellhart. You're not talking about him as someone who's, yeah, get him in the first team now, get him, get him on the bench because he's 16 years old. He's obviously yep. got a lot to learn. Um, but you do have to, you do have to notice the, the ability and you do have to mention the fact that he's doing really well in the 23s. And you just hope that he keeps going. I think he's obviously got good, a good um, head on his shoulders. Uh, he made the switch from Everton to Leeds after he'd been at Everton for I think seven years. So he obviously, obviously recognises the opportunity, which 
suggests he's got a good head on his shoulders. Mike Jackson's a good coach who's been there himself, so yeah. I'm so I'm sure he'll be managed well and let's just hope he can keep progressing because we've need- got two or three years in this 23 team now. Yeah, we need him to score an hat-trick this weekend. We're, we're playing his old team. It's uh, Under-18s have got Everton at home, aren't they, this weekend? Oh, so, right. yeah, let's uh, hope that we would can be nice. do one over on Everton. <laughs> I think he'll probably, be in, he'll probably play for the 23s on Friday, won't so Maybe won't even be... The True. 18s will play on Saturday, won't they? It's Saturday, Saturday one o'clock. If yeah, so uh, they he might, maybe not, might not be involved on, against his former team, but hopefully can do the business on Friday. Some good news about the 23s forwards, whilst we're on that topic, is Greenwood is appears to be back in training. He, he, I agree with you, Matty. I don't think uh, he's going to take part um, on Friday um, against Norwich, but um, I think it will be a, a Gelhart-Dean combination or switch. Yeah. Um, but good to see Greenwood back on a pitch already um, in training. Okay, so Max Dean, uh, tall, short, uh, stocky, uh, quick, uh... powerful. <laughs> what kind of, like, can you, can you paint me an image of, is he a brutish... Is it is he thick? You know, is he is he buff? You know, is he going to destroy defenders? Kind of a similar build to Gellar, I would say. Probably not as probably not as stocky, but a similar height. Uh, similar height. He's probably quicker than Gellar. If we're just comparing the two, um, he's quick, yeah. but he's pretty strong for his age, uh, and he's tenacious. He doesn't doesn't hold back. He puts tackles in. He chases down. Uh, not obviously not like. Not built like a fridge. Uh, he's only 16. So a Brick yeah. shithouse is the phrase, isn't it? I was going to yeah. say brick shithouse, but I just thought I'd, uh, has he got... <laughs> I'd let you take it. <laughs> has he got hunger? Has he got fire in his eyes? Of course he has. He looks, he's, he looks he's a goal hungry. scorer. He, right? hungry. he is, yeah. He's doing well. Really good lad. Uh, goal scoring. He's 16 years old anyway. We, we, we can't underestimate just how... You know, his footballing IQ, which I hope if he does listen to this, he doesn't mind me saying his footballing IQ is good, but it will need to improve his reading of the game and the physicality will we'll have to, you know, develop as he develops. He's a 16-year-old yeah. chap. So when he gets older, he'll be a bit more physical around the box. But right now, with the type of football we're playing, he's not having to show that physicality and shielding of the ball as much. And he's, he's gifted in, like you said earlier, Matty, the types of goal he's scoring. He's not just a one-trick pony. Um, he seems to be, um, you know, whipping them in from distance, simple tappings, taking on one-on-ones, comfortable cutting in from the right and left. Yeah. And, and yeah, a good all-round finisher for his age, definitely. He's composed in front of a goal. Uh, the goal against Barrow in the AFL Trophy, it actually all comes from his hard work. He chases the ball down it kind of deflects back towards the keeper and he gets there first, takes it around the keeper, you think he's just going to slot it in with his left foot and he just dummies it back and there's a player on the line and he just absolutely leathers it in. It's like he's past the keeper but there's a man on the line and he just smashes it in like, and so go, uh, he's composed and got a, he's got a bullet of a right foot on him to be fair, he can smash it. Does he remind you of uh, a, a, any players of the past in particular that would... Uh help our listeners to reference um, this new young wonderkind? I got abused last time I compared a player to a player of the past because people were like, no, we don't see that. But I think his finishing ability, if developed correctly, he would be a stronger finisher potentially in the future as someone like Robbie Fowler um, with his ability to slot in a, a ball around a keeper from any sort of area within that 18-yard box and just outside. So I think his, t- his technical ability with his finishing can be that good in the future. Hang on a minute. You got abuse? What happened here? Previously. 
Well, it was uh, of a comparison I made about the ability of uh, Crescencio Somerville to switch play, just like uh, in his prime, Sean Wright Phillips. And I was battered for it. I can Sean see Wright. that. I can see that. I can, the, Thank you very way, much, Matty. I got abused for that last time. I the, way he, that. the way he moves in his, his control, I actually can really see the Sean Wright Phillips comparison. Thank you. You're the first person. You made person. me not want to make my comparison now after you said you got, you got abused. But I think... <laughs> Dean reminds me, this is just off the top of my head, he reminds me a little bit of Ross McCormack. The way, the way he's built, uh, uh, pretty, I mean, I think McCormack was pretty quick. It probably wasn't his standout feature, but he's still pretty quick. And the way he strikes it, I think, is very, is very similar. McCormack used to love putting his foot through the ball, like the, the way he used to properly lace it and, and smash it. And I think Dean, I've seen Dean do that on, on a couple of occasions. Uh, yeah, I can see the McCormack one now, but... If you think that's going to get me abuse, then edit it out. You'll be fine with that one, mate. It was, uh, it was. Uh, I came in out of left wing, well, right wing. If I'm some of at the minute, on oh, no, I came in out of right wing. I just the way he moves. He, I think he I reminded me of a Sean Wright Phillips with his ability to switch play from positional and balance. Um, yeah, he, yeah. I've he, consistently compared uh, Joffe to Messi, or I called him the Mersey Messi, and I saw that actually. <laughs> And like um, uh, Greenwood to Cristiano Ronaldo, and I've consistently been saying <laughs> this is the answer to what what would happen if Ronaldo and Messi played with each other, and nobody has given me a shred of abuse. That's because you're a top you're a top tier pundit, Donny. You know we're second rate. <laughs> that's why you see we're, we're getting the uh, second rate level of abuse. Top tier. You're the Alan Shearer of the of the group, so no one's going to give you <laughs> untouchable. If they turn out to be spot on and we have a a little Messi and a little Ronaldo on our hands, then I won't mind that. Certainly would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> so um, one last thing on Max Dean then. When I was young, um, there was a 16-year-old who uh, he just made his debut. Um, I, we didn't go to away games, uh, but I trundled off to Ellen Road with my mum, as I used to, and watched a game Leeds versus Chelsea, and on came this young 16-year-old and scored uh, against Chelsea. And, of course, it was Milner. And so Max Dean's 16, and putting two and two together. Is Max Dean going to get a debut against Chelsea or his own debut against Chelsea in a few weeks and score? I would love that, but I think it might it might be pushing it. Like, like we said, this is someone who's going to be in the 23s hopefully for a couple of seasons yeah. uh, we were talking about not putting pressure on players Messi Messi and Ronaldo know, comparisons yeah. <laughs> so to the under 23 podcast regular listeners Donis comes in we, we try and keep it calm and level headed on this part and he goes tell you what Max Dean starting against Chelsea hat trick <laughs> <laughs> I've come in like a wrecking ball and trounced on all your traditions right here. Um, <laughs> so that's Max Dean. I'm, I'm very excited already about, about young Max Dean. Okay, now let's move on then to the match preview. Uh, Norwich, 2 p.m. on Friday. And I've been doing a little bit of research and they are 
not doing very well, are they? They're 10th. They've lost eight games. <laughs> it's short and sweet on me for this one. I, I can't see anything but a Leeds win. I have been quite restrained with my score predictions the past few weeks because we had the ability to drop a goal in the second half, but I think we might run out three or four nil winners. Um, I, I don't think they've got anything that worries or concerns us. The only caveat to that is something that me and Matty were discussing with the strange situation of the 23s and the first 11s playing on the same day on Friday. Potentially, we might see a very young 23s with a lot of our normal 23s replacing the injured players on the bench of the first 11, which has happened, but it's increasing in number with the more injuries we pick up in the first 11. So if we play a more youthful, like under 18s as 23s, potentially we might only win by one or two. But if we play our proper 23s, I think we'll we'll probably walk out comfortable winners. Yeah, they're, they're on a terrible run. I'm just looking out here. No win in the last seven. So they're on a, they're on a pretty poor run. 2-0 to Leeds in the reverse fixture was at our first sight of Rafinha. Mm-hmm. And I think Paveda scored the goal. That is actually the one game in the season that I've missed. I didn't watch that game. Uh, I was working. So, uh, yeah, I can't really tell you too much about Norwich, but that was the reverse fixture. That's that's the form. They're on, obviously on, on a shocking run. Um, but, yeah, like Rob said about the teams playing on the same day, maybe we won't see a, a, the strongest 23s team but the man we mentioned Max Dean should be involved in a couple of a couple of the eight teams lads that have stepped up at, at times maybe Mullen players uh, who have been very impressive at centre back um, but yeah I mean like Rob said I can't see anything but a Leeds win with the form we're on uh, and the form they're on completely <laughs> contrasting don't want to jinx it but you can't really see anything but a Leeds win can you imagine if uh, you were a young Norwich player and, and Rafinha was stepping up onto the pitch? Never mind the pink changing room, it'd be brown shorts time. <laughs> um, we might get a chance to see Rodrigo, maybe? For sure? <laughs> it's a bit early for them, isn't it? I, I, think, I think too soon. Yeah, I too think soon actually... For sure. Yes, for sure, it's too soon, way too soon. Too soon. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think oh, actually, unfortunately, I can't see Rodrigo, Lorente, Paveda, or Greenwood playing on Friday. I think they're all. It's nice to see some of them on grass again with boots on, but I think they're away from the competitive side just for another couple of weeks for some of them. Yeah, yeah. Was to, I think today was today's Greenwood's first day yeah. back in training. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about in two days' time, he's, he's not going to be not going to be back on the pitch, is he? Or, I'd be surprised. Well, yeah, I would be surprised, and I don't think. Rodrigo, don't think they'll risk Rodrigo. Probably, probably the next 23s game. Rodrigo will be involved. I don't know what the case is with Lorente. Nobody knows what the case is with for sure. And I also <laughs> think it'll be too soon for for Pereira as well. Yeah. So yeah, we won't, we probably won't have the strongest team that we've seen, but hopefully we can still do. The Actually, business. this is a good a good point because the the 18s are on Saturday against Everton, as I've mentioned. 23s are on Friday lunch and obviously the first 11 is Friday night. So um, he's going to have to balance that. Either you're going to see the 18s been... I I think the 18s will step up to the 23s as we spoke about and then the 18s will be potentially a a severely weakened team. Um, Or because the 23s are so far in front, maybe he experiments a bit um, and we see a bit of something there. But obviously the 23s are at Norwich and we're over in Wolverhampton. So it's a a complete... I don't think we'll see any crossover squad. Yeah, you might be right, actually. It's a good point about the 23s obviously flying, uh, whether whether he takes that as a 
as the team that maybe suffers the most from how he wants to balance all the teams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully it's three wins all round. Yeah, good weekend. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Well, the under-18s can't get relegated. Am I, am I right in, in saying that? You mentioned it before that there was only one league, or is that the under-17s? I'm guessing that, no, no, that is the 18s. I'm, just, I'm guessing they can't get relegated. Mm. I think it is. It's one development division for yeah, that yeah. age group, isn't it? So. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter then. I think the most important thing is getting into that Premier League 2 Division 1, isn't it? Um, yeah. I think, yeah, that's, I think the, so. that's got to be the main aim. And just uh, until it's mathematically um, secure, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. Just get it done. Get the job done, boys. Right. Well, yeah. that was a very lovely experience. Um, caretaking for Ross. I, I, I tried to sort of say as little as possible and not as much. That's uh, what I've observed. Uh, his, it seems to be his style. All nods, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I hope you've enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, hopefully Ross will be back next week. So that was your youth pod. Uh, if you liked it, why not click subscribe? Why not give us a comment? Why not get in touch on Twitter at Peacocks Raw? And let us know what you thought of it. Um, you can tag us in a tweet and just say, you know, um, guys, you're doing an absolutely terrible job. Uh, I could do a better podcast. In fact, there's not enough Leeds podcasts. I'm going to make one too. Um, just tag us in that. I would personally love that. It would make me laugh. Okay. Um, my name's Adonis. You can find me on the Adelites on Twitter. It's a very goodbye from me. And uh, it was it was at Juicy Rob. Who was uh, you were listening to? So very goodbye from him. Goodbye all. And uh, Matty, where can people find your stuff? At Matty underscore Ingham seventeen and at LUFC Academy News. Right, Thank and it's It's LUFC Academy Central dot com. But there right, you go. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, along with the roaringpeacock.com, which hasn't been updated for a while because I've been busy, you know, you, you might as well go to Matty's website because it's <laughs> updated more frequently. <laughs> Browse Matty's website whilst listening to us. Right. Yes. Do that. Excellent. Thank you very much. We'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Come on, Leeds. This is it. Most of our stats come from LUFC Stats or LUFC Data on Twitter. A very special thanks to Barney Stewart, Cooper Ewan and Howard Metcalf, Josh Pearson, Laura, Leon and Rob, The Light Show and all our family and friends.